Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Sean Spicer's on the phone. I think what most people know about Sean Spicer, aside from Dancing with the Stars, is his short period as a White House spokesperson during the Trump administration. But people don't realize Sean is actually a man of uh, great and uh, consequential achievement. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but... He has a master's degree in national security and strategic studies from the Naval War College. He's got like, you know, 10 uh, commendations and awards uh, from the Navy. So briefly, back in 2011, uh, Spicer became the communications director of the Republican Party. I'm sorry, Republican National Committee. But he did some things there that were extraordinary. I mean, he really grew the organization's social media operations. Before that, I mean, it was the Democrats that were ruling the political world here in America with social media. It started doing the Obama campaign, right? And he got like a dollar a a vote online, even from people from other countries, which, by the way, is not legal. Right. But he built an in-house TV production team, uh, created a rapid response program to reply to political attacks, things like that. And then he became chief strategist for the party in 2015 because he was doing such a good job. He's on the phone right now. He's going to be speaking to Republicans tomorrow night. Uh, Sean, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, coming up there to the president's home state to actually talk about what his real record is. Well, we know. I mean, I've been following Joe for a quarter of a century here, and I was the one saying every time he thought he was going to run for president, don't do it. You're going to ruin the family because people will find out about all the dirt and all the weasel deals that you've been engaged in, mostly with uh, his brothers, Frank and James. And when this Hunter stuff came out, my listeners and I were not surprised because it's it's hometown Joe, and we knew that more of this stuff was going to come out. Well, the funny thing is, you know, I, I obviously you guys have had a front row seat, and you've been on this much longer than than probably anybody. But I actually wrote a book called Radical Nation earlier uh, last year, and I've got a chapter on it called Biden Inc., which I'm sure you probably would say, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. But for a lot of Americans uh, who don't live in Delaware and cover it like you do, um, you know, you you literally can't make up some of the stuff that the brothers and the hunter had have done and over the years the deals that they made uh the bankruptcies the 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 bank deals etc i mean it's it was insane and so i i sort of it, it you know you're right that for most people outside of delaware a lot of times they're 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 hearing about it for the first time yeah and i i think even here in delaware and around the country uh there are a lot of people democrats who say okay whatever we don't care or everybody does it you know what people don't realize is that even when hunter uh, was given this opportunity to make about 80 grand a month being on the board of this corrupt Burisma company, the big energy company in Ukraine. It was, I believe, Chris Hines, uh, John Kerry's stepson, who said, oh, no, you don't want to be involved with Ukraine. Good Lord, that's that, that you'll just get in trouble there. The former president of Poland was also on the board, and he laughed, saying, oh, yeah, well, they only have us on these boards to kind of whitewash the reputation, make it seem like they're not corrupt. I mean, it was run by this you know, corrupt politician there, and bef- before Joe was even, you know, nominated for president, whatever, people would say, yeah, well, whatever. There's still a, a yeah, whatever out there. And, and Sean, I want to get your take on this because me personally, I think it's fantastic that the Republicans are going to go after the bank accounts of Joe, James, Frank, Hunter through all this evidence 
from the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden's laptop. It's going to be presented by Democrats as, oh, you're picking on a guy with a drug addiction. But the real truth is, I believe strongly, Sean, and I want to know how you feel, that Joe is indeed uh, leveraged by the Chinese Communist Party. And a lot of that comes from Hunter's former uh, business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. What do you think of that? Well, look, I think if this was any other administration, the evidence that's put forward would definitely merit a serious investigation. I mean, think about this. We talked yesterday about or we learned yesterday uh, about this revelation of classified documents, highly classified and sensitive documents being found at the Penn Biden Center, um, and, and it, which is a center that that has millions of dollars in anonymous Chinese donations. And again, and, and Biden's answer is, oh, I don't know how they got there. Well, that in itself to me is the existential question. Yes, you're right. Then let's find out how did they get there? What should we, what were in them? What do we need to know about in terms of their exposure and the spillage? So I, I just I think that um, that that there are so many questions, and I it just it blows my mind the level of complicity that the Washington and White House press corps engage in to cover up for this administration and, and, and potential wrongdoing that may or may not exist. Now, I, I think that's the big scandal, the scandal of our, uh, for the most part, uh, major media here in this country. Now, I will say this, and it's not just because uh, we're a CBS affiliate. They're not, we're not owned and operated by these guys. But they've actually brought on uh, some reporters to do a reportage on Hunter's laptop, whereas other outlets, well, yeah, Leslie Stahl at CBS, yeah, but outside of that embarrassment, uh, they're actually doing the job, whereas the other ones are saying, oh, well, uh, we're just going to repeat the talking points of these 51 partisans who used to be involved in intelligence agencies, which I believe is also scandalous. They had no knowledge, no information, and yet they're making the assumption that it had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Now, you can say that because it's kind of like saying, oh, well, what it appears to me is blah, blah, blah. You're not being uh, committal. It's weasel wording. But to your point, there seems to be a lot of collusion on a lot of different levels when it comes to partisan politics, especially for the Democrats. And I'd like you to, uh, to to share your thoughts on that even more. Yeah, I mean, look, I, this is I, – I, I, I feel like every day almost I find myself in awe of, of the double standard, the hypocrisy, and the cover-up that exists, um, especially with this administration in terms of what they've done – um, what the left has done, what their real agenda is, and the lack of exposure. I mean, it, it, my my background, as you noted, is, is largely in communications and, and media relations, and the idea that the basic questions um, are not being asked and are being given a pass to the folks on the left, and then and then allowing themselves to show. I mean, look, you, you mentioned CBS. There was this interview that that President Biden did with Scott Alley in September of last year, where he was asked about the disclosure of information. With respect to President Trump, and he called it highly irresponsible. Um, it went on and on about how concerned he was, and then we find out that in in an unsecure closet in this office at the Penn Biden Center, there's highly classified information. And his answer is just, "I don't know where it came from, and let's move on." Um, so, you know, you're absolutely right. There is this level of you've got to be kidding me 
that I feel like every day seems to exceed itself from the day before. Let me ask this question that's related, Sean. And by the way, folks, if you've just tuned in, it's Sean Spicer, and you probably remember him most from not just Dancing with the Stars, but also White House uh, Communications Director, where uh, it was short-lived, and uh, I want to ask you about that, too, because uh, that's got to be just a, a hellhole to, to work in, no matter what party you're with. But, uh, but what is your take on Trump and, uh, and the, the documents there at Mar-a-Lago? Well, look, I, I'm equally concerned. I mean, I, I, I think if you if you believe, you know, I've been around classified information. I've had a security clearance going almost on 25 years. And, and you are, you know, you have to take a, a yearly refresher course to make sure that you are properly handling and treating the documents for obvious reasons. Um, so I, I, I will, you know, equally be concerned about whether it's President Trump or President Biden. I do think that the circumstances are a little different in the sense that Mar-a-Lago was where he was operating, uh, you know, from the as a White House, it was, you know, he was it was his office. There were secure facilities there. I'm not excusing any mishandling of it, but but that's very different than taking it to a, a center that has no connection to the government. Years after being in the White House, not having any um, um, chain of command, if you will. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of differences that I just don't think we have time to enumerate. But the bottom line is, I, I don't excuse anybody who mishandles classified information. It's classified for a reason. Well, you and I agree on that. Um, I mean, I think it's going to have to go to the Supreme Court to decide whether or not a president can simply declassify something by saying, I declassify it. And I say that because, you know, even Barack Obama, I believe, was the last one to actually issue issue any sort of guidance on declassifying uh, materials, saying to the agencies, okay, you agencies, you decide how to do this. Well, that leaves completely open how a president can declassify things. And I think the way it stands right now, a president can say, oh, see this here? Hey, hey Sean, yeah, this is this, uh, this classified uh, document on how we're going to knock off that foreign leader. Yeah, I, uh, I declassify this. And it looks like that actually can be done right now. So it seems to me that it needs to go to the Supreme Court for this. Now, in what I just said, Sean, since you're an expert and you've been through that year-long process and such, have I missed something? In, in terms of the classifications? Yeah, in terms of what, the, how the president may or may not do it. I mean, the only guidance I ever read about was uh, the president, um, Obama, and those before him uh, saying, here, you administration officials, you figure this out. But there was never any formal guidance that I saw um, written down saying, here is the method for a president of the United States correct. to declassify documents. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's correct, yes. I mean, so there's no question about the authority. Um, there is some question about the process, but again, uh, just because it's you know there's the process isn't isn't obvious doesn't make it right or wrong one way. In fact, sometimes because of the process, uh, you develop a strategy or a, or a processes going forward. You say, hey, since it went that way going forward, it needs to be done this way so that there's greater clarity about what's classified or not. But I, again, that will be adjudicated in, in, a, in a several different ways that there are, you know, it, it could take a long time and, um, and who knows. But, but the bottom line is it doesn't, it's almost immaterial to some degree, Rick, because there's the, the, the case that President Trump is making is I have the authority to do it and I did it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anyone questions that. The, the, the bigger question is, okay, going forward, should we be clearer about how that w should go down so that there's no ambiguity about it. But, you know, I, look, the bottom line is here's the other thing. It doesn't really matter in the case of Vice President Biden because there's no question at all 
that a vice president does not have that authority. True. Um, and therefore, matter, there's no circumstance in which it's okay for President Biden, who was then vice president, to possess that material. That's that's that is with, without dispute. Absolutely true. And in addition to that, Joe himself said, "What matters is the security around the documents." Well, you made that point. Uh, here's an abandoned office, uh, and it stuffs in a closet. It's uh, top secret. We don't even know the definition of how top secret it is, but it must be extraordinary uh, because reportedly the lawyers who found it were not even allowed to see the fact that the documents exist. And there's Trump at Mar-a-Lago. He's got Secret Service around him. So there is a different, right. there's a big different, uh, there's a big difference there. Right. So, Sean, I want to ask you about um, about being White House Communications Director. Uh, obviously, if you're going to be a Republican and conservative, you're going to be a lot under a lot more fire than you will if you're a Democrat. There's only a couple of reporters that are actually uh, revealing just how incompetent ain't got nothing Jean-Pierre is when it comes to this job. You were, uh, were hammered by just about everybody over and over and over uh, again. So you've been a successful communications director um, on the inside and a number of different employers, uh, especially the Republican National Committee and such like that. You get into the White House. Now you're comm director there. How is that different from a usual comm director job? Well, and a couple of things. Number one, it, it's obviously the, uh, the spotlight is a lot more and the intensity is a lot more um, because of the nature of it. It's, it's one thing being uh, running the communications for an entity, whether it's the Republican National Committee or a, or a campaign or what have you. But when you're the, the top spokesman for the U.S. government, there's a lot more intensity and scrutiny that go along with that job. Secondly, obviously, the the uh, the nature of the job, meaning that, you know, when you're at the RNC or a campaign or anywhere, you can say a lot of things that are maybe somewhat consequential to the uh, to the circumstances. But when you're the, the top spokesman for the U.S. government, the world is listening to everything that you say and how you describe relationships, events, personnel decisions, et cetera, policy. So, you know, the nature um, uh, and level that you're playing at, it's sort of like playing Little League versus Major League Baseball. I mean, the, the, the level goes way up. And then um, and secondly, I think, obviously, there's a whole separate league of working for Trump that, you know, frankly, no previous White House press secretary had necessarily dealt with because President Trump engaged um you know, with the media in a very, very different way and also sort of had no government backgrounds. He wasn't, it's, you know, he didn't, he wasn't sort of tied to a bunch of protocols um, and, and historical norms that most presidents and most administrations that adhere to. So it just made sort of adapting, you know, a little different than, than a lot of people may have experienced in the past. Uh, I'll bet. Um, did you have a lot of arguments with Trump on uh, presentations saying, hey, we shouldn't say that? Um, there weren't ever arguments. There were days in which we were always encouraged, whether it was policy or, or messaging or what have you, to, to give the president our advice. The question was more, did he take it or not? And a lot of times he would just, you know, sometimes he would. He'd say, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then sometimes he would just say, I don't really care. This is how I want, this is what I think, and this is how I want to articulate what I believe in or, or policy or what have you. Um, and he would do it his way. But, you know, he would always listen to you. It was just yeah. a question of whether or not he, he took the advice or not. But, you know, the interesting thing is, as, as we noted at the outset, I'll be up in your neck of the woods Thursday night uh, speaking to the Delaware Republican Party and kind of going over a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, and so I, I know that if people are out there saying, hey, let's I want to hear more, um, you know, we'll, 
I think, I believe, uh, I can't be 100% certain, but I do believe if you go to DelawareGOP.com uh, that there are still tickets left. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's yeah. only uh, 75 bucks for dinner, so uh, you know, uh, 150 for a couple. Uh, you want the VIP experience? It's uh, 125. Get there right. with Sean Spicer, and you can. And I think if you take a picture with you, Sean, you should pose by having your finger pointing out like you're picking out a reporter, just like you. Do. You should both do. I want a picture with you, and I want to do that. Like we're both pick, pointing at reporters. Uh, but but I do want to know something else because um, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm going to be there tomorrow night. Is you know you have these conversations, and you probably had more access to the president himself than most White House spokespeople in history. And because he's very hands-on, uh, was there any one time, can you tell us a story about one time when he wanted you to say something and you thought, oh, my God, I don't want to say that? Oh, um, you know, off the top of my head, I know I remember with respect to when, when I wrote about this in my first book, but um, when Jim Comey was being fired and the president wanted us, it wasn't what he wanted me to say. It was when he wanted me to say, he said, okay, go out there and, and, and you know, we want we need to let everyone know that we've dismissed Comey as the FBI director. And I, and I said to him, look, Mr. President, you know, you need to inform the leaders of Congress. You need to, like, there are certain protocols so that, this, you know, the, for example, the Speaker of the House, the majority of them aren't hearing this for the first time. Uh, you know, they should probably hear it from you and, and from, you know, the vice president, et cetera. And so there were times that a lot of it had more to do with uh, process right? sometimes than, that, than actual messaging. But, um, you, again, I, I'm sure there were times that that was the case on the messaging front. I'm just off the top of my head, I'm, I, you know, I can't really oh, think That's cool. How, how would you grade uh, Jean-Pierre and the way she's doing this? Because every time she's talking, she's, she's saying something like, that's not true. Like, nobody's just walking in across the border. Right. There was 0% inflation in July, um, saying that, that Biden had condemned the attempted assassination right. of Brett Kavanaugh, which he never did. How do you grade uh, the job right. she's doing there? I mean, I, I don't think you can give her anything higher than an F because if you walk out, you basically are picking a tab in a notebook and reading whatever it says, regardless of whether it's germane to the subject that was asked. Uh, that's really not doing the job. And, you, you know, you watch this over and over again, and she says, I don't have anything on that. I'll get that. I mean, it's, it's, it is rather useless. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I alluded to this earlier, but, I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things that I've, I've said to folks is whether it's Biden or Jean-Pierre, if you know you're not going to be held accountable or there's not going to be any follow-up, then do you really care? I mean, people say, how do you, why do you think that she, you know, just, and I said, because she's not, no one's saying to her, you know, I want you to follow up or I, I you know, you said this the other day and it's not true. Like no one, no one holds her accountable. Right. There's no follow-up um, so and yeah. And, and there's no mass. Right. Well, I remember, you yeah. know, so people mocked you for saying, oh, the biggest crowd ever, and uh, and Trump said the biggest crowd ever. But that's not an existential lie. I mean, uh, the stuff that they're saying, like, oh, the stimulus bill does not, flu does not fuel inflation, that affects people's lives when they right. say, oh, we're going to just send money out, and it's not going to make eggs cost more at the grocery store and affect your life in a negative way. They say these things, and it's not true, and it really does affect people, uh, and it affects their lives. So... To your point, Sean Spicer. We I know we got to. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm sorry, but go ahead. No, no, I, I no, no. I was just going to say you're absolutely right. So <laughs> I'll put a pin in it. There we go. There we go. Sean Spicer. He's uh, speaking to the uh, Republican Party tomorrow night. 
It's going to be at the uh, Executive Banquet and Conference Center there in Newark, kind of like the Glasgow area. Go to DelawareGOP.com, DelawareGOP.com, and buy your tickets. Uh, as you can tell, Sean is fearless. He'll talk about anything and everything. I asked him some embarrassing and awkward questions, and he addressed them directly. So I love that about about you, Sean, is that you'll do that. Maybe that's why you're an easy target to, for the left, because you don't just hide and run away. You'll actually talk, and they go, okay, cool. Now how can we spin this and make it uh, look, make you look stupid at a late-night shows? So, you know, because, again, even like uh, Britt Hume. Britt Hume was one of the uh, the greatest journalists ever when he was working as a reporter, nobody knew his politics. He became um, basically the head of the opinion page on Fox News when it was brand new, and all of his federal reporters said, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I did not know he was conservative. I didn't know he was conservative. He did his job so darn well, and uh, and he was uh, out there, and and didn't hide. He's one of the people I think we should all respect when it comes to journalism. He uh, he wasn't he, no gotcha." He was fair and balanced, as they always say at Fox News as well, and just really did the job. We don't see enough of that today, so to your point. All right, uh, DelawareGOP.com, Sean Spicer. I'll see you. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks, Rick.